following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to UFC Commentaries, a show where Greg Crone, a UFC know-it-all, and Chris Horwadell, a UFC know-nothing, start from the beginning and record commentaries over every old UFC event while sharing their occasionally insightful, often stupid, but always entertaining thoughts. Welcome to UFC Commentaries, UFC 21, Return of the Champions. I'm Chris Hordell, joined as always by Greg Crone. Greg, what do we have in store for us on this bout? So we're going to check out UFC 21 today. Yeah. And uh, it's actually the first sort of departure from the original UFC rule set. This was now uh, a card where these fights actually have rounds. The, there was alternate bouts that were limited to two rounds. Um, all other bouts were three rounds unless it was a title fight, which would be five rounds. Um, so really interesting um, the, the way this is sort of set up and how uh, and how we're going to go about it. But they started using the, the boxing scoring system, which is still in place today. And pretty much all those rules, are, are as far as timing goes, is still in place now outside of the two-minute alternate bouts, because those alternate bouts don't exist. So this is kind of a historic UFC. Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of that first, that first change to, to, towards being like an actual regulated sport and not just seen as like barbaric, uh, you know, craziness. Human, human cockfighting. Call exactly. It, call it what it is. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I'm looking over these, these fights, and there's not a lot of three-minute fights. I think we're, pro- <laughs> we're probably done with those at this point. Uh, yeah, we're sort of moving to a, a much different era when you talk about, like, fight lengths and things like that. Well, of course, we're going to get some, you know, as we go that end that quickly. But some of these fights go deeper into the into the second and, and third round and things like that. So um, it's something that we're going to have to figure out as far as time time goes. So I think for, for today, we're just going to roll up onto the card and do the last four fights of the night, starting okay. with... Uh, Paul Jones and Flavio Luis Mora. Paul Jones and I don't see I don't list them as seeing now. I see it as as Flavio Mora and Flavio Luis Mora. So I, I would like consistent branding from this UFC fight pass. You would think. Well, let me know when you are ready to go. I'm sitting at six seconds in. Um, all right. Push play. So we have Flavio, we have Paul Jones. Paul Jones, this is Paul Jones looks like a, a UFC fighter of old. This does not look like your modern day UFC fighter from this headshot. Yeah, he looks he uh he looks very generic. Yes. If that makes any sense. Yes. You know. He is one of the, the no name wrestlers or what a mixed martial artists that you have to fight <laughs> before you get to fight the real guys in a video game. Exactly. Like standard goatee, you know, nothing flashy. Yeah, that's that's headset two, body type one, <laughs> facial hair four. Exactly. There's Flavio. What's that? What's the shirt say? The shirt. I couldn't tell. I, it was very quick, and the coloring's weird. I thought it said hot blood, but that I don't know if that makes sense. He's a good stand-up fighter though, and aggressive. 
light but very quick as Flavio. <laughs> he looks. He. I don't know. He, this is another guy who doesn't have like your standard. What I think of as a UFC kind of physique. This is a a light guy. I mean, they're fighting it. They're fighting at middleweight, and I mean, it, I don't. I don't know the weight classes were exactly defined as they are now. Mm. But middleweight would have been like 185 pounds. But he looks a lot smaller than that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, and he created created player three walking into the ran, the ring right now. Oh. From Boys, Boys Ranch, Texas. Is that okay? I thought that was his ear. Jesus. I was gonna say that 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 uh, Boys Ranch, Texas. Not exactly the town that I'm I'm looking. A little I'm creepy. For. A little yeah. creepy. Yeah. He's uh needs to work on his stand up skills in Boys Ranch, Texas. If you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Uh. Learned a lot of good wrestling skills in Boys Ranch, Texas. <laughs> uh. That's located directly in the heart of Michael Jackson's estate. I feel like that's problematic. <laughs> so Flavio is a El Levere Budokan discipline, 21 years old, 5'9", 175. Paul Jones, a shoot fighter, 36, 5'9", 198. So PJ has got 23 pounds on this fella, but he's also got 15 years on him. Yeah, what exactly would middleweight be at this point? I, I mean, uh, I guess maybe it's 175 to 200, but that seems a little aggressive. Yeah, it seems like a, a big scale. Yeah, to have to have really the only weight class that there's only one weight class now that even has that as an option, and it's heavyweight mm-hmm. in the modern day UFC, where you ha- you can be in between 225 to up to 265. Oh, we have it's to, the only time you're going to find those weight differences. We do have to address something, Gregory. Uh, last <laughs> last episode, we had some audio problems, but uh, you know it, it ended up getting corrupted somehow. But it, we did it did post it briefly. It was up for about six or seven hours before I realized it was messed up. And I don't know if you had an opportunity to look at the reviews, but we asked our listeners uh, a question at the end of episode 20, which, you know, is now lost into the ether. <laughs> but, but The lost said, episode. Well, exactly. It's, right so, up, it's up there with the Kimbo Slice uh, exclusive. Oh, there's been a couple, haven't there? That's, That's, there's at least two. At least two. Uh, but we didn't. Actually, I'm still showing WrestleMania 1 up on iTunes. I don't know why. I've taken it down. Oh, no, that's why WrestleMania not? 1. No, WrestleMania 1, that's right. It's uh, UFC 20 that was messed up. But if you check out the reviews and you go to most recent, good old Peanut Pan 2 says WWE. <laughs> Hamster Radio says love the WWE podcast. Stardust 01. I'd love to see more WWF tracks. Ooh, interesting. WrestleMania 18, death of vote for more WWF commentaries. I'm not going to count that because it's terrible grammar. Um, <laughs> and Alkmach312, some months prior, says I'm only here for the Roko takes. Yeah, that guy's, that, that's, uh, that guy's a clown. I imagined it was a friend <laughs> of yours, yes. Mm, you would think. Uh, an acquaintance. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I think that this has made it's our funny. decision for us, Gregory. We have to, we owe our listeners. Oh, we yeah, another WWE win next week. We need to, we need to boot one up for for sure. That's exciting because that was more fun for me. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> and I mean, I'm down with pretty much any of those. I mean, we can go through, and I don't know how you want to do it. Obviously, I'm pretty confident that 
you know, WrestleMania 2 might be the way to go. It's a very yeah. interesting WrestleMania, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Um, is, is that the oh, – what happens at the end of WrestleMania? Uh, never mind. Well, I'll, I'll find out generically, organically. Generic is Paul Jones. <laughs> Either way. Generic is Paul Jones. Typical lay and pray right here, which is extremely hilarious. This is this is where this is going to be. Oh, actually, there he goes, posturing up a little bit, throwing a little ground and pound. Um, this is where this this podcast, as we keep going, is going to get very fun because there is a nice weird era of the UFC where we see a lot of guys just laying on top of each other. Yeah, he is very aggr- successfully. He's aggressively trying to make love to Luis, whatever his name is. Well, sure. I don't. Maybe not love, but. <laughs> something something yes. for sure yes he's trying to dominate him as it were <laughs> oh man that's that a good, hilarious 20 was a good episode though i enjoyed that i thought i thought uh, ufc 20 was an interesting episode yeah it certainly was it certainly was and i'm glad i'm hoping we can get back on this consistent basis and continue to, to churn these out um you know they're, they're fun to do it's it's always fun to go back and and you know look at some of these just the, the differences between now and then. I mean, we're seeing a lot of Big John, obviously, and we'll continue to see a lot of Big John as, mm. as time goes on. Uh, until now, like more recently, Big John signed with uh, Bellator as one of their color commentary guys. Huh. So sort of sort of taking a step away from from the wrestling aspect of everything, and or not wrestling, from the wrestling aspect of everything, and uh, uh, you know, take stepping into the announce booth. Now, is he actually interesting to listen to, or is this kind of just an FU move from Bellator that we're going to take one of these people who is somewhat iconic in your your organization? No, I think he's pretty interesting. I didn't get a chance. The UFC had UFC 220 uh, over the weekend. It was the same night as Bellator, and I, I'm pretty confident that he was on their announce desk for that. Um, you know, they had Chael Sonnen versus Rampage Jackson, and I – it, it, I think it's more of he's he's got so much experience and he knows so much. He's a, he's a martial artist, you know, jujitsu black belt, former cop too, which is hmm. pretty crazy to think about. But jujitsu, yeah, jujitsu black belt. I mean, he's been around it for so long. I think he has a lot of knowledge, and they, I think the name helps a lot, um, right, to bring in people and, and people can recognize him. So it might be a mix of both. And I think also for him, it's a way to step out of you know the the. Right, refereeing Diver- world. Diversify yourself a little bit and set yourself up for the next thing. And can we talk about this, this, uh, this round bug that was apparently made in MS Paint? <laughs> yeah, not the best graphics. It's uh, it's a little bit, it's a, it's a little cheesy. That I love that old UFC logo though. It's literally ridiculous. Like that, they used that guy with that belt for so long. Yeah, I looked. This is a question that I didn't know because I've been working on. The the gra- all the graphics for the podcast over the last couple of days. Oh, we got a PJ. Paul Jones taking his back. PJ's oh, got my. him. He, he's got him. PJ's got him. Great. I can't believe Paul Jones took this one home. I can. It's he's got 25 pounds and 15 years of experience. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was I didn't know when I was doing these graphics if the uh, if MMA or specifically the US UFC used the championship belt. Uh, and I couldn't find a real answer to that because I was going to think I was going to incorporate it into the logo, but yeah, I don't. What is, what's the answer? Are there belts, or is it just kind of a title you hold? No, they have belts. They they have belts. I couldn't find any. That's weird. I I feel like that would be pretty easy if you just googled like UFC belt. 
Well, right, but I was also one has to be larger than, you know, 1,200 by 800 pixels sure. and transparent background. And there's a lot of criteria that sort of defined my search. But, yeah, I, I couldn't – oh, well, such is life. Also, Either it, way. it looks like this Luis uh, – Flavio Luis Mora is wearing a diaper. Uh, yeah, white – white uh, the white trunks never really work out for anyone. No. Um, there's a guy recently, a couple a couple months ago – Named Junior Albini, he's from Brazil. He used to be like 350 pounds, uh, but he dropped a bunch of weight, and mm. now he's a heavyweight in the UFC. But he wore like a very light gray, almost white, like shorts. But he had them like Weird. tucked up to, so he could kick, and he legitimately looked like a giant baby. He looked right. like a giant baby, similar to my man Flavio Luis Mora, and who just got a nice. It does say hot blood, and he just got a nice. Uh, Nice spank on the tuchus, a celebratory spank from Paul Jones. Do you think Paul Jones would – I mean, nothing surpri- would ever surprise me that Paul Jones was smacking someone on the butt in celebration. Well, he looks they, like your high school, middle school – or your uh, middle school like football coach. Look, they don't do that kind of stuff in Boys Ranch, Texas. He's he's not the head coach. He's like the linebacker's coach of the oh, middle yeah. school team. And he, and he takes it way too seriously. Yeah. Like if you ever watch Friday Night Tykes. I'm afraid I have not caught Friday oh, Night Ah, dude, Tikes. Friday Night Tikes might be one of the best reality shows going. It is – it's essentially – it's a camera crews that follow around Texas youth football. Uh-huh. It is wild. Yeah, it is. Football is a religion in Texas the, at every level. The, the fourth season just got added on Netflix like last week, and because <laughs> I've watched the – because huh. I've watched the first three, yeah. uh, they they notified me. And I literally, before we were on this call, uh, I, I was watching the first episode of season four. It is fantastic. I will take your word for it, although I will probably never see it. <laughs> no worries. Uh, let, let's move on then, just All in the right. interest of time. We'll, uh, we'll head to uh, the third bout from the top, Jeremy Horn and Daiju Takase. Nailed that pronunciation, sir. Eh, I guessed. Uh, all right. Let me know when you are prepared to continue. I'm ready. Then let's do it. Uh, actually, while we're talking Netflix real quick, I want to give you a recommendation for something that I've stumbled onto recently. Ooh. Uh, it's a show called Shot in the Dark, and it's about uh, – it's basically like uh, independent independent cameramen who, who will like drive around L.A. listening to – police radios and stuff to try to get the footage to sell to new to the news companies and mm. it is effing crazy so well, i i was kind of like i was kind of on the fence with it but i'm telling you just watch all the way through until the very end of the first episode and by the way is this fight going on right now no they're showing highlights okay, jeremy Horn fought now. frank shamrock for the title gotcha. uh, a few ufcs ago gotcha unfortunately gotcha. losing so just like i was kind of it was kind of like, okay, this is good. I don't know how much I'm going to watch it moving forward. Until the end of the first episode, when it's like just like a holy crap moment, like you have to watch it. It's amazing. Well, yeah, it sounds like uh, – I remember that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal from uh, yeah. a few years ago, uh, a, year, uh, a few years ago, Nightcrawler. Yep. Which is by far the creepiest movie in the world. That is one of the, it's one of those <laughs> movies that you watch. It just like makes you uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Like it, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's mm. very, it's very awkward. It's a good movie. I liked it. It's whatever, but it's like very tense. Um, but that's what it sounds like, and I, I definitely hear for that. Yeah, shot in the dark. Watch it. Also, 
I, I caught Molly's Game, the uh, the Jessica Chastain Idris, Idris Elba movie about Molly Bloom, the former competitive Olympic skier turned uh, like basically like poker game goddess. Ooh, amazing! Jessica Chastain's incredible. Might uh, might win some awards for it. Two of my favorite things: oh, Olympic so level skiing and poker. Well, you know what's funny? I'm watching this, and you hear the name Molly Bloom, and competitive skier from Colorado, and I'm thinking to myself. Like she, this this woman has to be related to Jeremy Bloom, right? It's the only thing I was thinking of. <laughs> exactly, and it's 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 her brother. Wow. Yeah, it's it crazy. Famed famed Eagles kick returner Jeremy Bloom. Hey, absolutely. Man, I remember the hype. I well, was there for that hype. Yeah, I was on board too. I think he, the years of uh, people say like the years of the skiing before he came back to football screwed up his like the, the flexation in his ankle and he, he couldn't cut like he did before and i can i can kind of see that because it forces you to have, be stiff all day yeah but that's tough yeah that was i was on board too and it just did I, not work out i i imagine skiing you know skiing having a lot of wear and tear on your body oh for sure especially especially the joints especially the ankles jerry and now he's a, a super successful tech guy is jeremy huh? Interesting. How many? All right. If I were to say, and by the way, still 35 years old. I, wow. It feels like he played for the Eagles 22 years ago. Yes, it does. If I were to tell you, well, ask you, uh, how many catches does Jeremy Bloom have in his career? What would your response be? Four. Four? All right. We're going to find out once. Okay. Jeremy Bloom does not have a career catch. Yeah. I overestimated. And apparently played two seasons. I do not remember that. I do not remember that second season. I'm not convinced this is right. I'm going <laughs> I'm going to Pro Football Reference. Maybe I can get Jeremy Bloom on my show. That would be fun. You know what? That would be fun. Because he's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, let's see. And then he can invest in the company and give me millions of dollars. Well, either way. Either way is fine. Why? So Jeremy Bloom doesn't even get found in Pro Football Reference. <laughs> wow. Like how forgettable is your career if the internet doesn't even think it happened? Like, like, did he he played regular season games, right? I was pretty sure. I mean, if he was on the t- unless he got hurt the first year and then the second year he just you know faded. It's the only thing I can think of. But apparently not. I don't. I mean, maybe he just played in the preseason. But if so, his preseason stats should still be available. Right. That that woman is not wearing a brassiere. No, she was not. Uh, uh, Mario Yamasaki. Bringing oh, it. Mario. Uh, not doing dumb hand gestures that Dana White hates. Apparently he was a stealer for a while. Interesting. I mean, I, I mean yeah, I don't have a a single regular season stat for Jeremy Bloom. That's that's absurd. Oh, what are you going to do? Wait, what, was it, I, he was that bad in the preseason? I, he must have been. I guess. I guess. Um. Anyway, awesome movie, Molly's Game, and also more pro- before that, Shot in the Dark. Watch the first episode. Huh. All right, I'll I'll, t- I'll test the waters. And we will. Um. Yeah. After I don't care what time it is, when you watch, when you get to the end of that first episode, you have to text me and give me your response because it's crazy. All right. I always feel bad texting you, uh, either super late at night or I mean, I guess not late at night because of the time difference in the morning. 
it's a little bit different. Like I'll get to work at like super early, and then I think I'm like, yeah, it's way too early to send anything. Yeah, but here's the thing: is I'm not it, my phone's gonna be on silent. So ah, that's the way to be. Send it whenever the heck you want, and I will just respond to it when I get it. But uh, don't don't worry about none of that stuff. But right. here we are with uh, with Jeremy Horn and Diaja Tasaki. I was really hoping you would you would try to pronounce the fighting style of the tail of the tape. Unfortunately, I missed it. It's okay. I don't know how to pronounce it either. It, it, it was like Ken Sukai or something like that. I have no idea. Jeremy Horn is ripping leg kicks. Who is by this the for? Is, it, is this for Tasaki or is this for Horn? Yeah, it was for okay. Tasaki. All right, I'm gonna find out what the fighting style is. Don't worry, don't you worry <laughs> about that. I'm not. Don't Dude, uh, man, ooh, that is that was a nice knee in the clinch. Yikes. Oof. The Nuwaza artist, one of his names, the grappler king from the shadows. <laughs> like a lot it. of good nicknames. Fighting, pride fighting, other promotions, method. It doesn't want to tell me what his fighting style is. Uh. I like that this is very frequently when we're doing this. There's a fight going on, and I'm googling things. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're just not, you're not missing much. Horn has him in side control. It's, it's you know, and he's you know smashing elbows down on his head when he gets the chance. All right. Here's what I'm gonna do. I imagine. Oh no, I know what I'm watching. Emmanuel Yarbrough versus Diaju Tasaki. No way. Yeah. That had to have happened in Japan. KRS? How how exactly? What are the odds that this random fight that we're watching between Jeremy Horn and the Haju Takase or yeah, uh, Takase? How <laughs> how that relates to Emmanuel Yarbrough? Yarbrough fought like four times total. Yeah, he is uh, lumbering around the ring. Is Yarbrough? <laughs> I mean, he is a large world? gentleman. Like yeah, a large gentleman. Tasaki is kind of just like running around because Yarbrough can't get to him. That makes sense. Well, I, I think Tasaki's terrified to get close. This is not a long fight. By the way, I'm watching this, not whatever it is that we're supposed to be watching. It's fine. You're, you're, you're again. All it's, it's Jeremy Horn inside control, occasionally throwing an elbow. Takase not great off his back, from what I can tell. Now not a lot of. Not, Yarborough is just lazily trying to throw punches without like stepping into it or anything like so that. So you mean his typical fighting style? I don't remember from the one time I saw him, but uh, he seems. You mean when Keith went? You mean when Keith Hackney took him to the woodshed? He seems. That might be one of my favorite fights in UFC history. Uh, he seems even less athletic at this point. Now he's now he's getting frustrated because he's trying to catch Tasaki, and it's just not going well. Ooh, full mount, full mount for uh, Jeremy Horn. Oh my this god, is, this is so uncomfortable. This is getting like, ugly. Yarborough's breastuses <laughs> are like halfway down his chest. Yeah, Yarborough is a large man. Yeah, that's weird. Like you can hide stuff under there. Ugh. You gotta. That's like the kind of thing you need to clean out when you take a shower. That's... Like that, you need to clean out your boob folds. Oh God! Okay, Tasaki. Uh, okay, Tasaki got a little got a little frisky because uh, Yarbrough was kind of turned around and not paying attention. Ran at him, but kind of bounced off him. 
Jeremy Horn is destroying this gentleman, by the way. It's about to get stopped. There it is. There it is. Jeremy Horn with the victory. Well, I've got three minutes left in my fight. I mean, that's fine. Okay, okay. what's his name? Yarbrough almost caught him. And now he has <laughs> caught him. Look, Yarbrough looks like he thinks he's in a Royal Rumble. He is trying Speaking to... of Royal Rumble. He's uh, Speaking of Royal Rumble, what? It's this him. Sunday in Philadelphia. Oh, how, how excited are you? I'm very excited to not be going. Oh, why aren't you going? I never bought tickets, and now they're way too expensive. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And the last time I was here, I had to hook up uh, a buddy of mine, a guy he works with, used to be in charge of their box at the Wells Fargo Center, so we got to go uh, for what's called free. Yeah, for free. That's so the, that's the best kind of what's called. Yeah, uh, it's the best price. Attended both Eagles playoff games for free. Another um, but. Uh, that hookup does not exist anymore as that gentleman switched jobs. So mm-hmm. those free tickets don't exist. And then I waited too long and now they're all like at, the cheapest ticket you can get in like to get into the building is like $275. Oh, speaking of, wow. Yarbrough is just like, Tasaki is playing with him, but, um, and how Tasaki went after his leg, this, Oh, Yarbrough laid on top of him. That's going to be a problem. Oh, he laid on top of him. Now he's, he might kill him. Tasaki is trying with all his might. Like, to get away, he is pounding on Yarborough's head, and Yarborough, for what I can see, is trying to bite him. He's trying <laughs> to bite him. He is trying to eat him. I don't know what he's trying – if he's trying to lift him? This is not a fighting style that I'm accustomed to seeing. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Tasaki got his – he got his leg caught in a bear trap. That's never good. He is, he is literally just pounding Yarborough's head as Yarborough holds him down, and it, like, it's like a fly – on a lion <laughs> does not seem to affect Yarbrough in any way. I want to get out of this, but I just want to see what happens. There's 50 seconds left. Yarbrough is just holding him. looks like he's going to, he's pulling his pants down a little bit. That's a little gross. The kind of thing we'd expect from a Paul Jones. Oof. Uh, Yarbrough. <laughs> what's his name? The ref is making a gesture that I don't understand. Yarbrough is just laying down on top of Tasaki's legs at this point. <laughs> Tasaki is punching his fat, the fat oh. deposits on his on his legs. I think Yarbo might be bleeding. It looks like there's some blood coming out. Tasaki got out. Yarbo is laying down. This fight's about to be stopped. Fight's been stopped. Terrible. Diaju Tasaki, the winner over Emmanuel Yarbo. <laughs> Yarbo caught a lot of L's in his career, despite being, you know, several hundred pounds more than every opponent. More like a lot of LBs, Greg. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at you, buddy. Look at you. Oh, my God. I'm a genius. All right, what's our next fight? We're going to check out Pat Militich versus Andre Pettineris. Sure. This is Darko's younger brother. Let's check this out. And I believe we actually drafted this this other gentleman in the uh, with the 26th pick in the draft this year. So I'm excited. When we see Andre nice. Pettineris in the uh, Sixers lineup. <laughs> I'm seven seconds in because... I'm still getting used to this new TV. Okay. Uh, let's see where we are. Seven seconds in. Mm-hmm. I, I am not that yet. Hold on. Two. One. Push play. All right. Pat Militich, also like generic fighter three. He versus, is. Versus Andre Pedinarius. Pedinarius? Pedophilia. No, that's definitely not what it is. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, let's talk about this uh, Francis Ngannou 
steep my whatever fight. Steep a chick? Yeah, I was never gonna get there. Um, what happened there? Because I feel I thought this was gonna be like the crowning moment for Ngannou. You know, a lot of people did, and I was one of those hype hype guys. And Stipe fought exactly the way he had to. He stayed out of France's power for the first round, basically, and almost immediately, Francis was literally dead. Just so tired, he could barely, you know, he couldn't get away from him. Uh, every takedown for for Stipe was connecting. Francis looked lost on the ground, and that's, you know what? That's that's a lot of experience in that situation. You know, even though they're pretty close in age, yeah. Francis has only been fighting professionally for about five years, uh-huh. whereas Stipe's been around for a long time. Stipe was a collegiate, you know, wrestling champion. Um, and that, that experience really made sort of all of the difference sure. uh, in that fight. And, and, you know, with almost no cardio, <laughs> it seemed, outside of being able to throw, like, a bunch of hard punches for the first five minutes. Trying to knock someone's head off, he just had nothing. And give all props to Stipe. He fought exactly the way he had to, and now he holds the record for most title defenses in the heavyweight division in UFC history. So, all praise to Jesus Christ As for all sure for all things I do. Um, sure. Yeah. First and foremost. That, that's. <laughs> and how about this other? Uh, how about the Paige Van Zant fight where she breaks something and keeps fighting? Uh yeah, from a, from uh, a week or so ago. Um, it was. You know, man, Paige Van Zandt's like 23 or 24 years old, and yeah. the hype train behind her, a lot of people will will say it's based on looks. And, and for sure, you know, getting on Dancing with the Stars probably had a little bit to do with that, you know, just sort of the way that world works. But you can't ever question her heart. And I think a lot of people saw that way before this fight. And obviously, you break your arm, essentially – in the first four minutes of a fight and then you continue to fight the next, you know, 11 with a broken arm. Yeah. There's a lot of heart. But if anybody remembers when she fought Rose Nama Yunus, who's now the champion at, at 115 pounds, they fought maybe two plus years ago and Rose grappled Paige's butt off. I mean, it was unbelievable the beating that she was taking, but she stayed in it. She stayed, you know, as composed as possible was escaping submissions and just trying to survive. And, you know, she's still so young that there's so much more she can do that she can just get better at, you know, mm-hmm. and fighting with a broken arm like that is legitimately crazy. I mean, you see it from time to time. The one, the one that really stands out is Rich Franklin when he fought Chuck Liddell, you know, Chuck Liddell on the very, very backside of his career. Um, he was dominating Rich Franklin, you know, arguably for most of that fight. Franklin broke his arm, and then Franklin knocked him out with the broken arm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the most stunning things is Franklin could barely hold his arm up. So, I mean, you do see those from time to time, and if the, the fighter wants to keep going, that's it's wild. Yeah, I mean, I don't, obviously don't know a lot about this, but to me it seems like for someone like Van Zant who does – you know, basically, I, I would think they want to make her the face of women's fighting at this point. It seems like she loses a lot. Yeah, she does. Because honestly, Chris, she's she's just not. She seems almost a little bit one dimensional. And I and there's a couple different reasons for that. I think it really it really came out in in the last fight because of the broken arm. She really focuses on tr- throwing kicks, especially she throws a jumping switch kick that she knocked out Beck Rawlings with. 
she throws that a ton. Now, she was almost sort of forced to throw it mm-hmm. in the last fight because she couldn't throw her right hand sure. for a majority of it. But it's it's tough when the UFC picks their people and someone who's 23 is going to lose fights. You know what I mean? It, it's just it's just bound to happen. There's there's it's very rare that you get people like Khabib who were 25 and 0, John Jones who was basically undefeated outside of a disqualification for an oh. illegal elbow. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, the, only, the, the people who beat John Jones are the the drug testing system. Yeah, that's that's another that's a whole another bag of worms or whatever. It is a, it's you know. a bag of worms, Greg. I, <laughs> I like that. Toboggan, I like that. That I was, was going to say uh, was a bag was of worms. Tobacco. I was going to say ball of wax, and then I thought can of worms, and then I just got bag. So <laughs> it's you know it's 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 been a long day. Um, I understand. But but you know it, all it takes is a few wins to in a row. Like if she came back and rattled off two wins, that hype train can start to be built right again. It's the same thing that happened with Sage Northcutt. You know he was you see him in all the Metro PCS commercials and all those different things, and he's. He's portrayed as the, you know, one of those faces of the UFC. Well, then he lost two fights in a row, and it was, you know, everybody says the same thing. But a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, hype people are very young in this sport, and the UFC is trying to build stars by picking and choosing as opposed to sort of picking, you know, pushing everyone equally, which is tough to do with a roster of 500 fighters, you know. Well, I mean, she lost this weekend, lost to Watterson before that. Yep. And did did she lose the fight prior to that as well? No, she beat Beck Rawlings before that. So okay. we just get a weird close-up of a boob. Like, it was covered, but it was very weird. A little, yeah, um, a little under. But And then there's Big yeah. John just kind of checking out his arms. <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? Make sure the shirt's tight enough. Um, it is. But <laughs> it was – it was so it's the, the last two losses, you know, you said um, – uh, to Jessica Rose Clark and then Watterson. She beat Beck Rawlings, and then previously to that, she had lost to Rose Namajunas. So it, it, it hasn't been the best go, but fighters fighters fall into some of these lulls sometimes, and with very little experience, especially in female fighting, it's a lot of these people when they come to the UFC don't have a ton of experience, and it and it shows very quickly, you know. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the 125-pound division. You know, they crowned the champion off of the Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. and the chick that won was, like, the number 13 seed in the tournament, and I think her, uh, her career record is, like, 5-1 and one or, or something like that. Isn't the risk there that you try to elevate someone to a position they're not ready for? They fail, and then it's very hard to try and get them back to that spot. Oh, for sure. Well, that, that happened with the 115-pound division. The same thing. Uh, the, the division Van Zant was in until she moved up to 125 now that they created that division. Uh, Carla Sparza won the, won the season of the Ultimate Fighter, and she was crowned the champion. Her first title defense was against Joanna Janjacek, who is one of the scariest strikers in mixed martial arts, and was the champion up until just a few months ago, you know, when she was knocked out by Rose Namajunas, and Joanna battered Carla Sparza, battered her on the feet, because Carla's a, sort of a one-dimensional wrestler. Now, Carla's four fights removed from that, four, maybe five fights, I think, removed from that title, from losing that title, and she's uh-huh. just now sort of gaining that momentum to get back towards the top. Um, 
and I have a, I have a weird suspicion that that's going to happen with the 125 pound division as well. Um, but it's it's very tough, you know, very tough introducing new divisions and starting them like this. That makes sense. I actually won two different divisions in my first fight. I don't blame you. I mean, I'm not surprised, Chris. I I expect that out of you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. (laughs) So this this fight's going on. Well, well, Militich is trying to he's just trying to get close to him and clinch because that's his game is to try and get him down and ground and pound him. That's that's sort of the way Militich always kind of fought, but he's, he's actually trading with him pretty good. I like that you have a working knowledge of Pat Militich. Chris, I've, I've watched a lot of these fights before. And, you know, it's weird. Like, I think going back and doing this, I start to think about, like, man, when did I actually start watching the UFC? Right. And it's a lot closer to the beginning than I really think, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah? Like, it, you know, it's right around when the Ultimate Fighter 1 launches. And the Ultimate Fighter came around in, like, Two thousand and four, two thousand five, I think. So like we're you know we're already heading back towards that. And plus, you know, I owned a lot of the Ultimate Knockout DVDs and things like that. Yeah. And I've watched a lot of YouTube clips. Sure. <laughs> I watched a lot of hockey fight compilations, so basically the same. Never a bad move. No, nobody's gonna blame me for watching hockey fights. Watch Hextall go at people. Um, yeah. I, I watched I, just, I watched a lot of uh, Eagles fan fights over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Listen, yeah. Let, me, let me tell you what. I, I've, I've, I've become very annoyed with the narrative, but I'm not surprised by it. As a guy who, unfortunately, I was not able to tailgate the game. And I'm almost happy because when I walked through that parking lot, it was like a war zone. But it wasn't sorry. Eagles versus Vikings fans. It was hundreds and hundreds of drunk 18 to 22 year olds fighting with each other that's what that was when you got into the stadium and i had multiple conversations with vikings fans that were more than reasonable you know what Uh i mean but but for the majority the people that were causing any of those problems weren't in the game necessarily and were really just down there to tailgate it's it's like when the phillies got good dude and the phillies would have college night and i remember going to college night and i remember the stories that would come out of there it was all dumb kids who barely even went to the game, and they were just there to tailgate and cause trouble and get drunk. Yeah, it's just that's like it's, a, it's a party. Yeah, that's that's essentially what was there and what's portrayed in the national media, and it stinks. Yeah, well, it really, honestly, I feel like in, we're in a weird position where, as Eagles fans, we're kind of bulletproof over these next this next week and a half because yeah, you know, pretty much everyone outside of New England wants the Eagles to win. Yeah, yeah, and apparently North Dakota, which is weird. I don't know why. Yeah, they they yeah. showed like some weird thing. I would think North Dakota would be all in based on Carson Wentz, but who knows? I don't wait, know. Wait, I'm not... really? I thought you were saying North Dakota wanted the Eagles to win. North Dakota no, 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 is no, no, anti no. Carson Wentz. There was some map I saw yesterday that was like, <clears throat> like all of all of uh, all of New England and like North Dakota were the only places that didn't want uh, didn't want the Eagles to win. Right, and like Arlington, Texas. Yeah, well, and most of, I would imagine, most of New York and northern Jersey yeah, and probably I, Pittsburgh. I don't even know about that. I think that the Patriots' hatred is stronger than the Eagles' hatred. hatred it very well could fans. be. Well, we, we're, at the end of, be. we're at the end of round one. Yeah, and I think it was a pretty even round. I mean, Militich was kind of pushing the pace a, a little bit on it. 
and probably landing the heavier of the two, uh, the heavier of the shots between the two. But uh, we'll see how how it comes. This is weird now that we have these like breaks and lulls in the action like this. Sort of going right. back and recapping what happened during the round. Otherwise, we... it's just nonstop action. Well, well, <laughs> depending. But it starts to feel much more like a real sport, which is great. That's true. That's that's fair. I, you need this to legitimize it. Oh yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. and Chris, yes, Chris. I heard I heard another. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit, you know, offline about. Uh, I've never spoken to you outside of a podcast recording. <laughs> Good point. Um, don't, don't tell us about about eagles uh situations and and the the level of nerves and whether you know um whether we're scared or whatever um Uh for the first time i had a doubt and the doubt came when i heard the stat that bill belichick coached patriots teams are 15 and zero when they play teams uh in the playoffs that they did not face in the regular season yeah it's pretty that terrifies me well, a stat I saw is uh, the last time the Eagles played the Patriots, and you know the Eagles won 34-28, something like that, 35-28. Fletcher Cox got 11 pressures that game and uh, knocked Brady down five times. We're Interesting. gonna we're gonna need to see something like that to keep this offense off the field. That game's such a weird anomaly too, though, because we sc- didn't we score a kick return touchdown, an interception touchdown, and a block punt touchdown. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those weird one-off games where we just everything sort of fell right and the special teams and defense really stepped up and, and, and held them because that was at a time where the, 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 the world was crumbling, uh, crumbling around Chip Kelly. Oh boy. This looks like, uh, he is bleeding from his jugular. Oh it's yeah. It's, this is uh, not good. Ugh. Oh man. Where, he, where is it? Cut? I mean, I see it's his cut eye. under it's his, his eye. Yeah. yeah. It's his left eye. That is a lot of blood for uh, a cut above the eye. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that that's intimidating. Oh man, I are there rules at this point? Because it seems like that elbow should have been against. Them so if they exist. yes, and and that's exactly what Pat Militich sort of focused on. It's what's called the twelve to six rule. So you can't throw an elbow that comes from twelve down to six o'clock. So a straight elbow down using the point of the elbow is not allowed. Now it's very random and sort of. It doesn't get thrown really that often now. That one weird John Jones anomaly, wow, that is the punch that opened up a huge cut. Um, I, I, that I wish one, you just stay with that shot for a second because I want to see the blood start I want to see the blood start to pour. It, it looks like it opens up really quickly too. Yeah. Um, that That's the reason why John Jones well, has go. that one loss in his career. Gotcha. Gotcha, is gotcha, those, gotcha. Is and it looks like they're gonna, I think they're going to stop it because of the cut, which makes sense. No, okay, here's a question. Why can a guy – I mean, obviously, I guess you can't confirm that a person has a broken arm, but – and I'm probably answering my own question there, but how do you let a guy fight or, or or a girl fight with a broken arm and not a cut over their eye? Well, if they if they can see the injury, they'll stop the fight. Like Frank Mir snapped him Sylvia's arm in half with a, an arm bar. He sure. also broke Minotaro Noguera's shoulder. With a with a Kimura, um, they will stop it then. Um, but if it's something that you can't really see, they won't. And the real thing with the cut is if it's impeding the vision of the fighter, that's the only time they're going to stop it. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Like if the blood's rushing into an eye and, and you can't see out of that eye, that's really when you're going to run into to those problems. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And uh, oh, he got the bleeding under control. They just uh, oh god, the cut man, cut man, baby. Wow, oh, that is that's gross. That is he's gonna need some stitches later. Oh yeah, we're gonna see a lot of gross ones, Chris. I promise you that. That's what I'm here for. All right. Well, you came to the right place. My podcast. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Ugh, so. Three minutes, 45 seconds left. I don't see any reason we need to watch this. Now let's no. cut to the, uh, let's cut to the heavyweight title. Uh, I guess. Um, is yeah, that, it might not be a heavyweight title match. I can't remember. Is that one Maurice Smith versus Marco Rojas? Yes, yes, it is. All right. It's a super fight. That's what it is. So the Militich fight was for the, the championship, and this is just simply a heavyweight super fight. Oh, so we just saw a title change hands or not. Uh, no, he, he, he defended. Defended okay. successfully. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I'm good. Let's go. All right. So, well, congratulations to Pat Militich for uh, his uh, successful <laughs> defense of his championship. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, pretty, you know, uh, we're going to see a lot more of Militic as we go along, for sure. I I never have, I don't have any feel for who's good or who's not. There was that, well, that, one, that one guy who I thought was going to be amazing, and then, <laughs> and then we, you're like, no, we never really see him again. Well, it's weird because, you know, this is, it, it, it's a weird era in mixed martial arts where there's so many different places that, that they can go. Yeah. Like, at this point, you still had Pride, which was very, very popular, you know, in Japan, and that's where a lot of fighters ended up. Um, and the UFC's still pretty young, so, of course, pay is always going to be an issue um, when you're physically assaulting each other for 15 to 25 minutes. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of weird consistency, like Vitor Belfort you don't see for a very long time because he's in Pride, and then he comes back. You know what I mean? So... There's, it's hard to keep track early on. It gets it gets a little bit clearer as we go and as we get closer to modern day and sort of more realistic uh, situations. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, this is this is Maurice Smith. That is Tank Abbott. Why are they showing Tank? Abbott? I don't know why they're showing Tank Abbott unless they're showing the fact oh. that Marco Huas. Nope. Maurice oh, Smith a, must have fought Tank Abbott at some point. Just a a devastating kick to Tank Abbott's leg. I mean, Maury Smith was the UFC champion. He's got some serious skills. We've all been UFC champions at one point or another. <laughs> we didn't watch the Mark this looks fight. like This is like, looks like an in-memoriam. Yeah, I don't know what is going on. Oh. Oh. Rest right, in peace, just, Big John. I mean, we're just showing random highlights. Why is that guy wearing, like, full leggings? I don't know. He just came oh, it's Couture. He was at the That's ballet. He's, he's, he's second ballerina. Again, this is another one of those fights that we never actually watch because of the length, and it sort of hinders it. Well, it, it'll be all right. I'm pretty confident we didn't miss a lot. I think that that takedown that we just saw from Randy Couture is what we saw a lot of in this fight. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Ugh. <laughs> So it's that era, of, it's this era of the UFC where there's a lot of wrestling and holding, because we're still, you're still looking at like the, 
we're going to match martial arts and try to figure out, you know, who, which, which one's better. And the wrestlers would just take people down and then kind of hug, you know, hug them. Yeah, I would encourage everyone to watch this uh, Tasaki Emmanuel Yarborough fight because it, it was a lot of <laughs> it was a lot of trying to take people down and hugging him. Legitimately, there is a full Dennis Rodman fighting in this. Kevin <laughs> Randleman, either way, it's all good. I'm pretty sure that's Dennis Rodman, but I don't. It very well you. could be. I think it is, but um, there's literally just a minute where Yarborough is laying on Tasaki's legs. That is, I, I, I'm, I mean, anything, anything Emmanuel Yarborough related is is electric. Let's yes. let's be honest. I mean, when he fight when he fights Hackney and he pushes him basically through the cage door, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all of a sudden we go to WWE. And I mean, I guess Hackney wins if he if both feet hit the ground, but who knows? Um, it's it's literally one of the most entertaining fights. If you have fight pass, just going up and pulling up all of Emmanuel Yarbrough's fights is so entertaining. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Who's the uh, who's the favorite in the Royal Rumble this weekend? Man, there's a couple different rumors going around. Um, one of the big ones is, well, really probably the biggest favorite is always Roman Reigns because mm-hmm. he wins every time. Sure. Um, if he wins, uh, he's only really won once, and it was the one I went to, and it was awful, and he got booed out of the stadium. Um, was it to awful? The, everybody wanted Daniel Bryan to win. Okay. And he got eliminated like 20 minutes in, and everybody was just very bitter about it. Yeah, it makes sense. And then, and then Reigns came in number 30 and won, and everyone booed. And then The Rock came out, which sure. everyone for a second was like, wow, this is awesome. The Rock's here. And then they realized he was just there to congratulate Roman Reigns because they're cousins, and mm. everyone was upset. So, gotcha. so the Rock just happened to be there when Roman Reigns naturally won a fight on his own merit. Pretty much. Um, Got it. <laughs> so, but uh, so Reigns is always he's always a contender. Um, I don't know, man. Daniel Bryan is is another one, but it, the big issue there is the concussion history, and he hasn't been cleared to wrestle since WrestleMania 31. Maybe right after he, you know, he got. A concussion was having major, major issues. Yeah. And WWE's doctors don't want to clear him, which is understandable from a larger perspective. Sure, sure. sure. You know? Um, so there's rumors there that he might make a surprise return. Because the, the real big thing is, like, he's basically, he's like, well, once my contract with WWE runs out, he's like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to wrestle somewhere else. And they know how popular he is, and they know he's sort of a cash cow situation. Uh, because of how popular he is, that they don't want to let him go, but they also sort of don't want to let him wrestle. Yeah, it's a real catch twenty-two. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura as a potential winner. Cena always a potential winner. Wait, um, Cena still fights? Oh yeah, but he, he's on a much more limited schedule now. Like mm-hmm. he only shows up for the big events usually. Well, I had no idea he even still wrestled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he drops in. He drops in. Thought he was just an actor at this point. Uh, yeah, he's he basically is going. He's basically on the same path as The Rock, who in the Cena and Rock headlined back to back WrestleManias, and like Cena would always make fun of The Rock for basically abandoning WWE and becoming like a part time guy. Yeah, and that's essentially exactly what John Cena is becoming. Like it's it's exactly the same thing. Well, it's just, I mean, I would do the same thing if one thousand like, percent. If somebody's like, hey, here's you know, here's. 
$3 million, you're going to sit in a trailer and stand around and actually work like 45 minutes a day making this movie. Or you, <coughs> or you can have somebody throw you off the top rope. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's 100% the way to go. Paul Varlin's alert. Hey, um, PB. <laughs> it's 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 exactly what anyone would do in those situations, but that's essentially exactly what he's become. So, well, talking about The Rock for a moment, and I uh, I genuinely uh, generally like The Rock's movies and stuff like that. I find him reasonably entertaining, and he does seem like he's a, a solid human being, which is always nice. But uh, this new movie he's got coming out, Rampage. Oh my lord, does it look bad? I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. It's it's a video game that they turned into a movie, and not like not your Tomb Raider or or that kind of video game. This is one of those like it was it was one of those when the uh, when the grocery store had a couple of video games like 20 years ago. Ooh. Video games. This is your you put a quarter in and you try and play a couple levels and it's over. Video game. Ooh. It's terrible and it looks so bad like i i usually did like i liked san andreas i i watched baywatch i didn't think it was good but i I didn't like i didn't want my time back yeah i I mean i'll be honest there's an oversaturation of the rock oh yeah i haven't i haven't seen a lot of his movies like uh san andreas never saw it it's baywatch never saw it it's not uh I saw Central Intelligence. Pretty funny. I was all right okay. with that one. It was, I mean, nothing crazy. When I, um, I, have, I have an interesting Central Intelligence story. I've, go ahead. <laughs> so, and know this is what we were going to uncover. So, the day I watched Central Intelligence um, was the day... So, when I, when I moved from Pennsylvania to California, uh, my, my girlfriend came out a week before me because she had to start you know, math camp for college. And well, for her PhD program, and um, so she came out a week before me. I dropped her. I went and I dropped her off at the airport. I came back. I went to shout out to Iliano's Pizza in the mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful country out in Pennsylvania. I might go there for lunch tomorrow. You tell them I said hi. Um, I miss those guys. But I went there. I got some food. I ran into one Matt Crone at the grocery store. As, as I, usual. I had a, had a was talking to Matt. I actually that's when I actually told Matt I was leaving. You then texted me shortly thereafter. I remember uh, this day. This was and but the thing is, it was a beautiful day when I left for the airport. When it came back, it was powerful storms, like powerful, Fun. powerful storms, like tree branches falling down all over the place. Uh, I so I get to my house. All I want is like this has been a stressful week, stressful day. I just want to get home, you know, have some have some pizza, watch a movie in in the air conditioning because it was the middle of summer. It was hot. Um, uh, you know, third week of July. Get home, my power immediately goes out. Oh, good God! So it is super hot. It is pouring. I have no power, and I end up eating my pizza in my living room, watching one of the only movies I had on my laptop for some reason, Central Intelligence. It's <laughs> such a ridiculous story. Uh, it's completely true, though. Like what? Of course, the only one you have on your laptop is like the most random rock movie. I, like, well, I don't think I've seen. I don't think I've ever seen any of the Fast and the Furious outside of Number Three, Tokyo Drift. Dude, some of the Fast and the Furious. So you saw the worst, by far the worst movie. 
Listen, man, that movie came out when I was in college. Penn State's uh-huh. dorm rooms, Penn State's dorm rooms had a movie channel where they would just play like random newer released movies, whatever. Yeah. And that, for some reason, was on all the time on that channel, and I would watch it. I've seen that movie like at least six to ten times. It's so bad. It, like, I agree. I, once I, you get look, fully agree. Once the first ones are whatever. Once you get to five, it kind of changes a little bit, and five kind of becomes a decent. Like it, it's pretty solid. Like five, six, maybe seven. Seven starts to get way overboard. Eight was just absurd, but I mean, whatever. It's. It's you know what kind of absurd you're signing up for, so sure <laughs> you, you don't complain about it. Yeah, that makes it's sense. Like, it's like guys, you know, driving dri- driving cars off of off of submarines to hit a helicopter, that kind of thing. <laughs> so very realistic. Standard fare. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think we saw something similar to that in uh in the the Die Hard movie with Justin Long and Bruce Willis and Timothy yeah. Oliphant. Yeah, I saw yeah, that ever underrated timothy oliphant i know you're not a walking dead i know you're not a walking dead fan but he was he was up for negan and i I mean jeffrey dean morgan's done a great job but i'm always going to support timothy oliphant it would have been an interesting casting oh yeah guy can wear a hat yeah he definitely can um it's weird it's weird the the different movies i've seen from certain like trilogies or, or whatever series of movies like Indiana Jones, I've mm. only seen the Crystal Skull one. Wait, what? <laughs> Dead serious. Bro. Wait, I've wh- only why? seen the Crystal Skull one. Like I don't Indiana, know, dude. Indiana Jones is legitimately one of the best trilogies. Okay. Ignore, ignoring that the Crystal Skull ever happened. Now, some are better than <laughs> others. Like like Temple of Doom and Raiders are very very good. Uh, but. Oh my God! You have to watch the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, I probably will at some point. I don't know. I, uh, if they, I don't know if they're on. I think a couple of them might be it's on hard. my my movies anywhere that you have. Yeah, yeah got a new TV. Uh, I'm gonna need those credentials again. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I w- I got really confused one day when I signed onto my account and I saw that I watched Beauty and the Beast. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was my wife. <laughs> she enjoyed it. I came home at the end. I only saw like the last ten minutes. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, very funny. Did I take LSD or something? <laughs> she enjoyed it. I think she watched Wonder Woman too. I don't know. It was yeah, very early it, in the ba- in the baby situation. Yeah, it was Wonder Woman and uh, Beauty and the Beast, both excellent. Did you have you ever gotten around to watching Wonder Woman or Spider-Man? I have not. I have oh, not. Dude, come on. Chris, it's been a little hectic. What's, I got what's Indiana Jones and Fast and Furious to watch as to watch as no, well. No, that's I'm gonna. There's a depth chart. Dude, legitimately, yeah. hang on. Uh, up to two years ago, until two years ago, I had not seen any of the Back to the Futures. That's less I, egregious to me because they're old movies. I had seen all three X-Men, the original X-Men movies, prior to seeing any Back to the Futures. I don't know what to make about this. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm very I, – I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm much more into TV. I think that's – TV shows are where I go. And, like, at night? Like, if my wife goes to bed, obviously, with the baby, the baby goes to bed uh-huh. super early, and I somehow try to live like a vampire. Yeah, um, I do too, trust me. W- with almost no sleep on a regular basis, and not just because of the baby. Um, I uh, I end up just re-watching old stuff. I don't know why. Like, instead of finding something new, I just go back and 
like I'll watch The Office, I'll watch Always Sunny, I'll watch Parks and Rec, you know, and just rotate through those as opposed to finding something new to watch. I don't know. No, I don't have any of the Indiana Joneses, but I think the Indiana Joneses, they're either on Amazon Prime. They're on Amazon Prime. I have Amazon Prime. I'll figure that out. It's it's on Prime Video. Okay. I also have have access to, I don't know, other ways of watching it that I could figure out. I don't know what you're talking about, Gregory. That's definitely not how I watched Molly's game. No, never, Chris. That would be 100% inappropriate. Can I tell you that I have – what is that thing called? I have to actually look in my I, – I, I forget to the point where – I have the movie pass thing. I have a movie pass subscription. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've never gone to a movie with it. Weird. I have a buddy that uses that all the time. Yeah, it's it's a great deal if you use it. Yeah, he, he does. He went and saw that weird, like, Mother movie. Uh, he saw the new Star Wars. That's Aronofsky. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. worst movies that's come out in a long time. Which one, the Star Wars movie or Mother? Mother. I hear Star Wars was good. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I do want to. Unless you're a huge Star Wars nerd, which uh, a lot of I'm people not. are, the, those those people complained a lot about it. I still haven't fully gotten through The Force Awakens yet. Okay, I have this cool. weird thing where when I watch Star Wars, and for most of them, I just fall asleep like halfway <laughs> through. Um, my, my wife's never seen any of them, like none of the prequels, none of the originals. And I have them all on DVD because I've watched them in the past. Um, and I had a problem for a very long time where I bought a lot of DVDs. Yeah, um, uh, but one day me I too, was, buddy. I, I know. <laughs> I think I got it from you. Yeah, um, it's okay. Sixteen-year-old uh, and seventeen-year-old Greg, his bank account was a lot. I had a lot more uh, disposable income, so it wasn't that much of an issue. Right. Funny um, how that works. Yeah, it was great back then. Um, but I slept through the force awakens on three separate occasions Mm -hmm. and we, we went back and we watched Phantom Menace fell asleep roughly halfway through that one. And then we watched attack of the clones fell asleep halfway through that one, woke up right at the end and we haven't gone back and revisited the third prequel yet, but Mm -hmm. very did just some weird pattern. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big star Wars guy. But I, I will watch it just because you know, I'll, I'll be interested enough if I'm watching it. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings, where if you put it on in front of me and I've never seen it, I'll I'll sit through it and watch it and be moderately entertained, but I'll never go back to it. Yeah, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I don't. I have no interest. It's a giant commitment. You're really not missing anything. And that's and that's the bigger issue. Like that's why when people suggest um, people suggest TV shows and things like that, and I look and it's yeah. like. Uh, this thing has like six seasons and it's like 45 right. minute episodes. Like we tried to watch, go back and watch Friday Night Lights. And this was even before, you know, yeah. the, the, the child. Um, we got through the first season and it's good. It's a little bit of a grind at 45 plus minutes an episode. Yeah. You know? That's fair. That's, that's fair for, especially for those 20, the 22, 24 episode shows. Yeah. That's they can be real. tough. That's really rough. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, Ooh, Marco who is going oh, for a this, leg lock. This, this well, could it's, be interesting. I don't think it's going to end. There's still too much time left. No, I don't think he's getting it either. The but. only, I don't know. The I guess I've re, I've probably rewatched all of Psych over the course of my life, um, and probably and I guess West Wing a couple times. Yeah, but those are those are the only only like forty fives that I've watched a lot. And well, Psych's, and I, and only, I, Psych's only a thirteen or fourteen episode 
season. And I hear you. I remember a few episodes back of the, the underdog, you consistently telling Anshu he needs to watch the West Wing, and that's yeah. one that I've always thought about going and being like, oh, yeah, let so me try. Good. Let me try this. So good. Oh, it's it's so much. And even when I lived in Oregon, people would tell me about that. Like it was hard enough getting through like The Wire and then catching all the way up on Thrones, like the first four seasons. Um, yeah. you know. And those are, you know, relatively short seasons. Thinking about right. doing those 20 to 24 is Man, for a while. It's so good, though. That is one of the shows that I would encourage anybody to watch, although it's a little bit depressing in this current political climate yeah. uh, to, to have this uplifting, <coughs> uplifting president. I'm not choking up. I'm just choking. <clears throat> this uplifting president, uh, you know, in, played by Martin Sheen. And in in relation to what we have now, but that's yeah, I would encourage everybody to watch West Wing. It's funny, I was uh, I was talking to Dan Bauer last night about his uh, his show that he's got coming up, Tales from the Show, Ooh. and um, and we were we're just randomly talking afterwards, and he's he's because uh, I made some uh, he made a West Wing reference, and then he's like, oh yeah, I was just watching it, and he was telling me that, so he'll he'll watch a hockey game, and then. I don't know why I'm choking. Um, so there's like there's like a 20 minute break in between the periods. He will he will as soon oh. as the first as soon as the, oh we have a decision. I here. think they're waving it off. I think Huas can't continue due to injury. Oh uh, Huas, that's so, gonna be a problem. Oh he's he's holding him up though. Good sportsmanship by Maurice Smith. Ah, uh, what a bummer. Ah, uh, good hug. But uh, <laughs> but Danny told me that the first period will end. He'll pop on Netflix, watch the first half of a West Wing episode, then he'll go back to the hockey game, watch the rest of it over the second intermission, and he gets to watch a hockey game plus an episode of West Wing anytime he watches a hockey game. Interesting. I don't know that I could do that, because I just I need a little break, and also I would never be watching hockey, but... I wouldn't be able to keep my concentration for that long. Yeah, you, you need to just like walk around, you need a little break, can't have yeah, I don't I don't like it, but it works for Dan. God bless him. It's <laughs> an interesting I would, technique. I would encourage everyone just give it a couple episodes, and if you like it, you like it, and you know you'll you'll find time when there's time. You don't have to watch it all. You know we don't have we live in this era where if we aren't binge watching things, we're not doing it correctly. You, but we don't have to do that. Yeah, you can, you can watch an episode and then come back next week and watch an episode just like they did when it came out. Well, I, I and I agree with you. Like we tried, we we tried to watch that show Bloodline on uh, on Netflix, and like we'll go back every once in a while and try to catch it, like try to catch an episode here and there. But the, the the longer shows are just so tough. I don't know why. I coming from a guy who watched every single episode of Netflix or of uh, Criminal Minds on Netflix when he was when, I, when we first moved back from Oregon and we were living separately. Yeah. Um, that was a goddamn. That was unbelievably hard. But I, I bet. But and also, like that's a, that's a show that puts you in a weird state of mind if you're binge yeah, watching. Yeah, it does. It. Yeah, it does. It's super creepy. It would be nights. It was. It'd be like three o'clock in the morning because I worked retail. So some nights you know, it'd be like a Wednesday, and I'm off the next day, but there's nothing to do. So I'm just gonna sit here and watch Criminal Minds while I play uh, like 2K. Sure. It's real strange. Sure. I just bought Madden 18 recently. It's all right. Yeah. You know, all right is the I, right word. It's no better I've, than all right. 
I've I've sort of I've sort of fallen into a weird funk with video games where like I have time to play it like mm-hmm. on occasion. The kid goes to bed at you know seven thirty eight o'clock, as does my wife, and so I does have really? time. Yeah, they, for now, just because you know, just making still... making stuff work logistically. Pretty much, yeah. Gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, like, I have time to play. I just, you know, I, there's not a game right now that's caught my caught my eye enough. You know, I well, played the, I did the new Call of Duty for a little bit. I did 2K for a little bit. Uh-huh. Eh, eh, you know, we'll I see when got, the. I got Call of Duty for Christmas. Haven't opened it yet. It's definitely cool. It's like it, it's probably one of their better efforts as of recently. Um. I don't know. It just like if if I was gonna really dedicate my time to doing what like playing it the way I used to play it, like yeah. I could definitely get into it and it would definitely be a lot of fun. But it, it just seems a little excessive. Well, you have Xbox, right? Yeah. Okay, so I love Horizon Zero Dawn for PlayStation, although I haven't played it in a while. Uh, Xbox, I do. I kind of want to get PUBG just to see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, I, I always see things about that online. I did the Fortnite game, that that mm-hmm. free one. You know that about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. I played one round, and I was like, "This is dumb," and I just turned it off. Uh, thank God it was free. I'd been really, really mad if it wasn't free. Right. <laughs> um, I'd be interested to know what it's what the, all the the hoo ha is about. Well, uh, I, I got a Switch for Christmas, so ooh. I I played. I've been playing a little bit of Breath of the Wild. It's a good game. Here's my thing with Switch. I need Switch to have a database that I can go back and buy games that were out for, like, N64 and things sure. like that and download. And, like, when I've looked, I know the Wii, the Wii had, like, the Nintendo store, and I'm sure the Switch does, too, that has old games. But it doesn't have, like, full listing. And I'm sure there's licensing yeah. and things like that, that that play along as to why they don't resell certain games. But, like, I need Mario Tennis for N64. I need Mario <laughs> Party. I need Mario yeah. Party 2. Those games are excellent. Well, I have Mario Odyssey. That, that's a very good game. Um, you know what blows me away about the Switch? The technology is crazy. That we're, I mean, obviously you're you're getting a little bit of uh, a lesser graphical experience than you would if you played these games on PlayStation or Xbox or something like that. But these are, have you actually seen what they are? Because I didn't know what the deal was. This, they're like tiny cartridges. The games they're played on. Hmm. Like I did not know that. I don't know what I would. I don't know the size of it. Like no big, no longer than a stick of chapstick. Whoa! It is really small, and the fact that that it's as good as it is like blows my mind. I was playing Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and stuff on the plane. That was useful. Um, Sure. It's it's worth having. But uh, I'm just. I don't even. I, I just download. I just download the games. I don't even buy them the physical disc anymore. It's just easier. I. It's easier, but you first of all you can't ever sell it back, and I like a collection. You know I'm a collector. Yeah, I, I've argued. I, I've had arguments about the trade-in situation before, and I, I I can honestly say I've never once traded a game in ever. Really? Never once. Wow. Which is wild for the amount of video games that I've purchased in my life. Yeah, that's is that that is uh, that's crazy. Why is yeah. that? You just want to hold on to it, or sort of? It's sort of that collection type thing that you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, there's a reason why there's an Xbox 360 somewhere in my house, along with a PS3 that is somewhere in my house, because there is there is the off chance, Chris, that I break that 360 out and I break out 
NCAA football 2008 oh. with Jared Zabransky on the cover. Oh, I miss NCAA football so much. It Me is too. the biggest shame. And you know yeah. what? And basketball the, went before it. I, I really miss those NCAA games. I was just going to say, the basketball game, the year that St. Joe's had Jameer Nelson and Delonte West, yeah. that that version of NCAA was so good. It was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, I know the issue is you know basically using player likenesses and not compensating them. And that that was great and all that. I would happily take a game that is just random, uh, an NCAA just that's just generic. completely randomized, just yeah. absolutely generic. It's all I would want. I I like I playing with team the teams. Exactly. Yeah, I want a team. And and dude, but to be honest, for NCAA, for the most part, I played that single player like superstar mode, where you play one position and you just yeah. manage the game. You you know you you're either a running back or a receiver or a quarterback. And I would just play that. I when I was a junior and a sophomore, junior in college, swear to God, dude, I created like ten to fifteen players and played out four years of each guy along with high school because it was just such an interesting mode. And I played all different positions. I played corner, linebacker. It was a really weird and obsessive thing, but it was a lot of fun. See, that wasn't me. I just I wanted to build the team. I wanted the franchise. I wanted to recruit. I wanted to make the best, best possible team I could. And I would play those forever because you could export those draft classes and use them in Madden. Yeah, I I, I would do that. I did I did a plenty of dynasty modes in uh, NCAA, plenty of them. Ugh, those were so much fun. You'd have to go out and you'd, so you'd have you'd have to go out and recruit and make sure you were looking at five stars. You always went to five star ATH. That's the only guys you ever tried to recruit. Sign as many as possible. Sure. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Well. That's sad that it doesn't exist. But You do uh, understand that now I'm going to go, like, in the next 20 minutes, I, and I'm not sure if the Xbox is even at this house. It uh-huh. might be at my parents'. I'm going to go into my basement and search for it, and I'm going to pull that game up. I'm going to play it. But you're not going to have it. It's going to be back uh, It's going to be back in Lafayette. Yeah, and, and guess uh, and guess where and, I'll be going tomorrow after I'm done reffing. But I'll, be, but, I'll be stopping by. Yeah, here's what you don't know, is that Anacrone plays NCAA every night. Be a real, be a real shame, Chris. Be a real shame. <laughs> All right, well, that is uh, UFC commentaries, UFC 21. I forget the subtitle. I'm Chris Horwoodell. He's Greg Crone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will absolutely try and be back here next week. We'll see you then.